All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. And welcome once again to Invest Wisely. Live with us today is Walt Secura, the managing partner of the AKW Group based in Fairlawn and offices also in Washington, Pennsylvania. We'll talk this afternoon hour about stocks, stocks investing, how the AKW Group invests their clients' money in individual portfolios of individually owned stocks in the market. And we'll take your questions, too, at 330-673-1234. And outside of Akron, in on WNR.com, it is toll-free at 800-669-4100. Well, Walt, it was one of, I say, one of those weeks on Wall Street. <laughs> I'd like to hear your take on it because it was a pretty, pretty rough one for the investor. It really was, Bob. It was a tough week, and uh, pretty much what we expected leading up to the election. We were surprised that uh, we didn't have more volatility, you know, leading up to now. But it, it came last week, and it came with a vengeance. And you know, that's typically what the market does when it sells off. It sells off fast. It seems like the movements up are more methodical. They take longer periods of time. But you know, it's it's like a balloon. When you when you start letting air out, it can come out pretty quick. And Last week, we saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average uh, fall 6.5% for the week, uh, lost 1,833 points, closed at 26,501, uh, went back negative for the year. So now the Dow Jones Industrial Index is down 7.1% year-to-date. Uh, the NASDAQ gave up 5.5% last week, um, 636 points, and year-to-date still at 21.6%, um, again, reflecting, you know, a lot of those tech stocks and biotech stocks and, you know, things that have done very well through the pandemic. And then the S&P lost 5.6% last week, uh, lost 195 points, still a little bit above water. We're at 1.2% year-to-date. And the Russell 2000, those small cap stocks, lost 6.2% last week and, uh, again, went negative for the year, down 7.8% year-to-date. So it was a rough week. Um, and, again, you know, we set ourselves up for, you know, next week, which uh, I think everybody's looking forward to Tuesday and, and you know, going to see where, where the market takes us. There, We could be really setting ourselves up for some volatility, Bob, for a period of time. And, you know, people just have to be prepared for it. Well, when do you think investors are going to be concerned about, uh, again, Tuesday is the, is the big election day, what uh, could happen, what are they prepared for what might happen, and uh, what could good happen and what bad could happen? Yeah, Bob, well, I think, you know, change and uncertainty is always the fear. Um, you know, there's, I, I, as we talked about for weeks leading up to this, I think long-term, uh, either administration, any change that happens probably, you know, still moves us forward and, you know, we're a very resilient economy. We're a consumer-driven economy. I, I don't think people are going to, you know, stay in their bunkers or basements forever, you know, if, if the virus gets under control. But, 
you know, whenever there's uncertainty and change, it scares the market. And, you know, there's a lot of changes that could come into play. Um, I think uh, from a professional standpoint, most of the research I've read, I think in institutional investors and professional investors have got their heads around, you know, uh, we're going to be okay longer term. But in the short run, uh, if we don't get a resolve and, and it drags on for a few weeks, again, the volatility that we saw leading up to this week could continue. And uh, it could be a rough couple months as we head into the end of the year till we, we know who the president is. And the virus, of course, the pandemic still is one of the leading uh, effects on the market, on all of our lives. At one point, the market was very optimistic that a vaccine would be coming at some point soon. And then the recent surge in cases has them being pessimistic again. What, what, what do you think the market is really thinking about uh, the pandemic? Do they have faith that there will be some sort of a resolution uh, in the next, uh, say, uh, 12 months? I think there's faith, Bob. I, I think a lot of people are venturing out a little bit. Again, we talked about the advances in therapeutics. Uh, we know that there's a lot of really, you know, bright people out there and companies working on a vaccine, which, uh, you know, I realistically, we talked about, about that again at the beginning of the year. I mean, maybe 2021 is more realistic, but, you know, there's still hopes that, you know, we get a, a quicker vaccine. But, I, I think people are facing it. Um, you know, a lot of people are recovering from it. Uh, the case count's going up. We're doing a lot more testing. I, we, we keep an eye on the, the hospital system and the medical system. I mean, that was the big worries early on with the virus was if that system could handle it. And uh, I think we're prepared. I think we understand a lot more about the virus. Um, it still has impacted our lives dramatically, and it's changed, um, you know, a lot of people's behaviors, and that'll continue to be until we can find our way through this. One of the figures announced last week was the gross domestic product seasonally adjusted annual rate. Now, it leapt forward more than 33% for the last reporting period. However, in the second quarter, it dropped 31% and 5% in the first quarter. So do we add all those together and figure out we still have a loss in the GDP, or is the fact that it was getting better a good sign? Yeah, good math there, Bob. Yeah, we're still down. Um, you know, we're about 3.5% below the pre-crisis peak. Um, and, again, you know, it's it's been a contraction type of year. Uh, you know, a big part of that, as we talked about, is that um, the service sector, you know, a big part of the economy is uh, still not up and running. It, you know, the service sector accounts for about 60% of GDP and 85% of the employed workforce. So until we see, you know, a lot of that service sector come back on to pl- on, online and, and get back to levels um, before the, the virus hit and the slowdown came, we're, we're still going to struggle through. But the, the numbers are encouraging. We are recovering. Uh, a lot of companies reported last week a lot of good results. So, again, we continue to look at the weight of the evidence, and, you know, we continue to believe there's some good things ahead. Should people be doing anything right now about uh, to prepare for what's coming ahead, or would you say just let's all sit tight and see what's going to happen? I think the preparation was up to this point, Bob. I think if you haven't done anything, I think now you you, you just got to kind of wade through it. I wouldn't panic here. Uh, there's probably going to be a lot of volatility, as there was last week. Um, we would tell people not to make a lot of changes into volatility. That's that's where fear and anxiety drives decision-making. So, you know, I think at this point we had raised some cash, as we had talked about all through the year. We we have a little bit of, of cash on the sidelines to take advantage of the volatility. And if you haven't done that, I'd say, you know, this might not be the week to do that. But, again, um, you, you always have to think ahead and make sure you're making these decisions ahead of time.
Walt Sakira is our expert, the managing partner of the AKW Group with offices here in Fairlawn and also Washington, Pennsylvania. It's uh, your turn now to uh, talk to us on Stock Talk. If you have individual stocks that you're looking at, you have questions about the market you'd like to talk to Walt about. Again, he's been trading for over 30 years in the market and uh, always, always doing the best for his clients. So if you have thoughts and if you have considerations and more than importantly questions about individual stock issues, call right now. Our number here in Greater Akron, 330 330- 673-1234. For our listeners listening online in Washington, Pennsylvania, you can call us toll-free, 800-669-4100, 800-669-4100. Look forward to having your calls uh, come in and talking to, to Walt about what's going on in the market right now. As you said, Walt, there were some good reports from a group of very, very big companies in the last couple of weeks. Uh, uh, last week was some more big companies like Ford and AbbVie. Uh, uh, in general, before we start talking about specifics, what was the importance of these quarterly earning reports to the investor? Yeah, Bob, earnings reports are a chance for us to see, you know, how the company did the last three months. And uh, it's kind of a report card. Uh, just like when you were in school, Bob, or any of us that had kids, you know that you got to keep track of things. And you, you get that report card, and obviously it's their financial statements. It's a, it's a lot of comments about you know what happened during the quarter and and at times maybe even a little bit of glimpse ahead of what the expectations are so it's a, a chance to hear from the company it's a chance to re reevaluate the metrics to look at the revenue growth the earnings uh, a lot of times we're comparing this quarter to the quarter last year so we're seeing you know this 3 months how how did it do in comparison to the 3 months the year prior uh, it's just it's a good discipline, and again, it keeps us on track because again, we want to always make sure we're making these investment decisions based on you know good metrics, good fundamentals, and as we always say, we look for companies that have financial power and attractive valuation. Uh, so you have to have the the right metrics to keep looking at to assess those uh, those key variables. Let's get to our calls now for Walt Sakura of the AKW Group. Good morning, you're on WNIR. Yes, I was going to ask Walt what he thought about Apple's earnings. And I, I would assume that the stock went down with the general uh, consensus of the market. Everything sort of went down. I'll, I'll hang up and I'll listen. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, Apple, um, you know, it was an interesting quarter for them, a little bit of a disappointment coming off of last quarter. Uh, so revenues were at $64.7 billion versus $64 billion the year prior, about a 1% uh, growth. Uh, earnings were off about 4%. Uh, so, again, for Apple, it, when you dive into the numbers, I listened to the call, and you know, I, I went back and looked at all the numbers. Uh, iPhones were really the big disappointment for the quarter, off about 21%. Um, but they had some good results here. You look at the iPad revenues up 46%. Uh, wearables were up 21%. Uh, the Mac computers were up 29%. And their services, uh, which is a big part of their growth story, was up 16%. Uh, they did have a lot of weakness coming out of China. Um, again, we, we see the China sales off about 29% for the quarter. So really kind of a mixed bag. Um, you know, they obviously introduced their new iPhones, and I think the next quarter will be the story of the adoption of the new iPhone and, and how robust that is. And that will really, you know, uh, I think it's either a great buying opportunity right now or, you know, we'll, we'll continue to maybe see some weakness next quarter. We continue to hold the stock. Uh, it's been a part of our core portfolio for a long time, and, and we continue to like it at this point. More calls for Walt Sakara. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Walt. This is Rebecca calling. Um, I have a question regarding Marathon Oil and ExxonMobil. I think your opening kind of monologue hit it 
home when you talked about change and uncertainty and being prepared. I own about $10,000 of both stocks and just curious, um, current administration is pro-oil. Potentially, a change of administration would be um, against fossil fuels. So what's your opinion on whether to keep it, sell it, or maybe even invest more? Thank you. Sure, Rebecca. Thanks for the call this morning. Um, you know, really good question. Uh, you know, energy and oil uh, stocks in general, the oil industry has been under a lot of pressure now for a few years. And uh, again, that's with you know the low uh, crude barrel price. I mean, we're at thirty-five dollars a barrel. Um, again, we saw that you know kind of trade off again last week and go down. Uh, you know, these these companies are struggling. They're repositioning. They're they're dealing with you know very big cost structures. And and as you said, you know, administration changes and how we look at fossil fuel and you know what what that means as we go forward. Um, you know, has a big impact. Uh, so it's an industry we moved away from. Uh, we currently don't own any oil stocks. Uh, we sold most of those uh, over the last couple of years, and the last one we held was Exxon, which we sold earlier in the year. Um, so, again, we, we don't favor those at this point. We think it's a tough industry. But, again, we realize a lot of people are, if you own those stocks, you're probably looking at lower prices. It's always hard to sell a stock after it hasn't performed or if it's at a loss. But sometimes repositioning that money into something that has better growth prospects is the right thing to do. Does that help you? Thank you. Thank you for calling. More calls now for Walt Secure on WNIR. Good morning. Go ahead, please. Morning. Uh, Walt, thanks for the uh, tip on NIO. That was my only one that went up for me last week. Uh, I wondered, did, what was the other luxury car company? Was it Ferrari? <laughs> wow, what well, you got some insight. Yeah, I, I thought I wasn't going to give that one away, but but yeah, the other the other car company that we do own in our small mid cap portfolio is Ferrari. Uh, we yeah. held that for some time. Yep, absolutely. That's probably been my best performer. I got some of that when Chrysler spun it off, and then I I added to it over the time, and I I keep watching it, and I can't believe I'll never own a Ferrari, but I. I have the stock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bob, I must be giving a lot of secrets away. They're, the listeners are starting to kind of read between the lines. So. I, now, forgive me. I thought Ferrari was owned by Fiat. Uh, Ferrari is, was spun off. But Ferrari oh, okay. is independent. Yeah, wow. it, it trades on the exchange. And again, one we picked up a while back, and we've owned it for some time in that small mid-cap portfolio. It, it has been a, a nice stock down. And do they can only Ferrari stock get a discount when you go to buy the car? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't believe there's any discounts on Ferraris. <laughs> Again, Walt Secure is our expert. The AKW Group has offices in Fairlawn on West Market Street, affiliated, of course, with the Robert W. Baird Company, and an office now in Washington, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh. If you want to talk to Walt still on Stock Talk, we have the lines open again: three three zero six seven three one two three four. And for those listening online, toll free it's eight hundred six six nine four. 100. Uh, discussing more about all the companies that reported in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, one of your favorites, Amazon, had another good earnings quarter, but uh, there are still some concerns about about the uh, retail stocks like that. Uh, what is your outlook for Amazon? Yeah, Amazon had another amazing quarter, Bob. I mean, they put up uh, $96 billion for the quarter, up 37%. Uh, earnings were extremely strong. Uh, this is a company we really like uh, going forward. You know, it just continues to really uh, execute on a lot of levels. 
Um, you know, a company this large to see it continue to grow at over 30% is just really impressive. You know, we talked about just the this, this sheer size and scale of these companies. Um, you know, when you're talking about a company that's $321 billion now in revenue, uh, growing at still 30%. And, and I think the company really tipped its hat by the decisions. You know, they increased capacity 50% this year. They've uh, hired over 350,000 employees, and I think that shows you how what management believes of the future. Um, you know, this is a company hitting on all cylinders, and, again, it, it really plays into the, the new realities of the world we live in. And, uh, again, it's a stock that's performed well. It's, it's near its highs, but, again, a stock that has a pretty good trajectory ahead of it. Uh, then a stock that uh, they've talked about, of course, is Facebook, uh, which is uh, kind of uh, getting a dip now in number of users. Some people are saying Facebook is now becoming for old people, and it's no longer the hot hot uh, social media site that it used to be, plus under, under fire for, for various and sundry practices of what they show and what they don't show. What do you think about their outlook for, for 2021? Yeah, they had good results, Bob, for the quarter. Um, you know, it's it's a preferable place for companies to advertise. Um, you know, it's easy to to see the results of your advertising when you're advertising out on Facebook, and I think that's always the challenge of marketing is to have metrics that prove, uh, you know, what you're doing, how many people see your ad, how many people click on it. I mean, so I think that always creates strength. Um, their quarter was 22% in revenue, 13% in earnings up, so they had a good quarter. They did report that you know some of their users are down. They lost about 2 million users in the U.S. and Canada. Um, and, of course, they're under some regulatory heat as well. Uh, the government is... You know, last week uh, was you know beating up these guys a little bit, along with Twitter and 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 Google, and again they're going to come under pressure. Uh, I think regardless of you know who ends up in the White House, um, these stocks have gotten big and they have a lot of influence in society. And um, you know, there it'll be interesting to see you know how those impacts play out. But from a pure business model and for a place where people spend money to advertise, uh, it's still still a pretty winning stock. Google, as you said, is uh, being threatened with antitrust action, but well, its parent company is called Alphabet. Uh, but still, they're a, uh, they are one of the biggest forces in the in the new world of media. Uh, what's your outlook for them? Yeah, we we like Google. Um, we own that in our, our empowering women portfolio. Again, the quarter was up fourteen percent in in sales, uh, forty six point two billion over forty billion. Uh, earnings were up twenty four percent. You know, again, a very strong company. Um, they are under antitrust uh, litigation, and, and, and you know it, a lot of questions going on about their practices and what that might mean to the company longer term. But uh, again, you know they are the choice of consumers as far as search goes, and uh, they drive a lot of their revenue from that search advertising. They also have some real strong growth coming from their YouTube, um, you know, d- division. They had a five billion dollar, thirty two percent rise. Uh, in YouTube, and also their cloud revenue was up 43% for the quarter. So, again, a, a company that's showing a lot of financial power here, Bob, and uh, you know we'll continue to hold it in that uh, Empowering Women portfolio. Another company, Etsy, which you've been holding in your small mid-cap portfolio and one of the uh, original boosters of that company. Of course, like it's a, like, like an Amazon, but for unique and creative goods. I think people are now trying to see their commercials on television about Etsy for the holiday season. They had some impressive results, and uh, do they continue to, to please you? Well, Bob, this company's on fire, and again, a lot of it has to do with masks. You know, I mean, when people start searching for masks earlier in the year, a lot of people found Etsy, and... Um, the best kind of advertising is when you you know type something into 
to Google and it pops up and, you know, they just appear, you know, metrics and dynamics of search engine optimization drove a lot of people to this website, but their uh, revenues for the quarter were up 128%. They did $451 million over $198 million the year prior. Earnings were up 483%, seventy $70 a share versus $0.12 cents a share a year prior. And again, uh, they're, they have momentum. Uh, they have exposure. Uh, they're a, 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 you know, a location of choice. A lot of consumers go there now to, to look for products. And as you said, they're taking advantage of that in advertising and you know, trying to extend um, the, the offering to, to meet other people's needs you know, beyond the mass sales. So uh, you know, very interesting website. I know I purchased a lot of things off there, unique di- gifts that you can find sometimes for your loved ones and um, your really unique products on that site. Again, that is Etsy, one of the stocks that they have at the, at the AKW Group in their small and mid-cap portfolio. Uh, social media companies in general, as we've been talking about, they've been coming under fire from, from uh, legislators and regulators. Uh, lately, Pinterest actually had a great uh, uh, great report with uh, earnings increasing quite a bit. Uh, they hold Pinterest and also in your small and mid-cap portfolio and your empowering women portfolio. Refresh us on exactly uh, what Pinterest's involvement is in the, in the world of uh, the Internet. Yeah, Bob, they've found a way to monetize. Again, they're an online marketplace where people can, you know, p- pin a lot of their ideas, concepts, uh, you know, it's a, you can create vision boards. People put recipes and pictures, and it, it's a it's a really interesting platform. A different type of uh, user on that platform. They have about 365 million monthly users on there, and two thirds of them are female. So, I mean, again, it's a it's a unique social media site in that it has a, a very female orientation. So, you know, people that are marketing and, and looking to get messages in front of that audience, you know, it's a great place to uh, to advertise. Uh, earnings were powerful. Revenues were powerful. Revenues were up 58%. Uh, earnings were up almost 1,000%. Uh, they were at 13 cents a share versus a penny a share a year prior. So, again, this company is executing very well and taking advantage of the fact that some people are moving away from other social media platforms like Facebook and Google and Twitter and looking for other places they advertise, and Pinterest is definitely picking up steam. Now, you hold Pinterest in your small mid-cap portfolio and your empowering women portfolio. Uh, would you consider that a significant overlap? Uh, you know, why would you hold the same stock in two, two different portfolios? Yeah, Bob, we try not to, but sometimes we run into ideas that fit the, you know, the criteria of both portfolios, and we don't have a problem with doing that. We have, uh, out of the stocks that we follow, there's about 10 that um, overlap between portfolios. So, uh, again, the three portfolios that we have, we don't like to have a lot of overlap, but at times we just can't help it because we really like the idea and it fits, it fits in both. Now, when a client comes to you and wants to, again, you'd help them with their investments, can they own the own different uh, parts of their investments in, in uh, the different portfolios at the same time? Would you usually try to get the, the client to be in just one of your portfolios? It just depends, Bob. I mean, it comes down to risk return parameters and what people are looking for. Um, we can definitely use all the portfolios. We have done that with clients, especially if there's enough assets to justify that. Um, some people, you know, really, uh, because of their risk return parameters, really, it makes more sense to have one. And then, of course, we mix this with fixed income investments as well. A lot of our clients have balanced portfolios. You know, they can't have all their money in stocks. So, uh, we we basically customize the allocation to the client, and, and then we find the best way to structure the portfolios to meet their needs. Let's take another call now for Walt Secura of the AKW Group in Fairlawn and Washington, Pennsylvania. Go on, WNIR. Go ahead, please. 
I, <clears throat> I, uh, I heard your comments earlier about uh, Exxon Mobil, and I wanted to ask you specifically <clears throat> what you thought about uh, their announcement this week that they were uh, maintaining the dividend. Well, that was good news. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously that's a big part of their story and probably one of the reasons a lot of people continue to own the stock. So, um, you know, I think that's a, it's a, it shows some resolve. Again, they're trying to battle through, um, and, and maintaining that dividend is important to a lot of investors that, that own Exxon shares. Well, I mean, I've, I've read a lot of comments uh, about about that, and and you know, a lot of people think that it's it's kind of uh, foolish for them to do that, uh, and that they you know they should consider cutting it to as part of their uh, uh, restructuring. So, I mean, what what is your opinion? I mean, do you think they're going to just keep uh, uh, maintaining it, or do you, you foresee their uh, cutting the dividend? Well, I think a company has to do what they feel is best um, based on their outlook and their investment opportunities. Again, you know, a lot of companies, if they can invest back in themselves, if they have other markets that they can go towards or other products they can develop or companies they can purchase, dividends aren't always the best way to grow a company. Um, but dividend policy, once you attract a certain type of investors that look at, you know, the dividend as part of the investment, you know, the shareholders expect that as part of the return um, for, that they get, it's, it's harder to move away from that. So uh, personally, I think you always do what's best for the company. And if you pull the dividend, you pull the dividend because you're probably doing what's right for all the stakeholders, uh, the employees, the community, you know, the company. There's There's a lot of people that are impacted by um, you know, it, it doesn't do any good if you lay off a bunch of people and you're, you know, hurting the company and you just maintain the dividend. So it, it's a tough decision. I'm glad I don't have to make it at Exxon, but um, it's, a, it's a challenging decision. I'm sure one that they'll continue to struggle with over the next year or two. All right. Thank you for calling. I'm talking to Walt Secura with the AKW Group in Fairlawn in Washington, Pennsylvania. Uh, as we mentioned, stock portfolios. Now, we have to emphasize to our, to our listeners, when you talk about a stock portfolio, you talk about individually owned stocks that the client owns in that particular portfolio. This is not, I repeat, not anything like a, a mutual fund. This is actually owning the individual stocks in these portfolios. But in each portfolio, how many stocks are in, in them? Does it vary or do you have a fixed number? of? You know, we're going to have X number of stocks in this one. X number of stocks and that one. How does that work? Yeah, but we go between 20 and 30 stocks in each portfolio. We have 79 stocks currently that we own, 30 in the women's portfolio, 26 in the small mid-cap portfolio, and 23 in the core portfolio. Um, I, you know, I don't hold it to a number. I, I do, you know, I invest in our best ideas. And if we have 30 of them, great. If we have 20 of them, great. I mean, we'll, we'll move. We want to maintain some diversification, but, uh, very focused. Um, you know, we want to be in our best ideas, and that's what uh, people pay us to do, you know, is to uh, come to the table and make sure we continue to manage the investments and, and keep them in the best ideas, you know, as we as we move through different parts of the market cycle. So do you think that's an ideal amount of stocks, or how many stocks are enough? Do you see someday we'll have more in, in, in some portfolios and then others? No, Bob, I, you know, if you look at modern portfolio theory, and again, I was a student of this for a long, long time, you know, modern portfolio theory goes back to the 1950s, really when it started to develop in the 60s, 70s, and there's been a lot of academic studies and real-world studies, and I, I think people get too many stocks. Um, you know, I think the right number of stocks is what you can follow. Uh, there's an old quote um, from 1957 by Phil Fisher who said, you know, investors are so oversold on diversification 
that the fear of having too many eggs in one basket has caused them to put far too little into companies they thoroughly know and far too much in others which they know nothing about. <laughs> and to me, that's the biggest risk. I think people diversify sometimes. They don't know what they own. Um, I think you have to know what you ha- own and you have to know why you own it. And that's what we do here. Once again, Walt Sakira, the managing partner of the AKW Group in Fairlawn and Washington, Pennsylvania, affiliated, of course, with the R.W. Baird Company for all aspects of financial planning, estate trust, retirement planning, and more. The big week is coming, Walt, so uh, why don't you take a deep breath and tell us what do you expect to happen? <laughs> We're going to watch the election, Bob, and whatever happens, happens, and we will move forward, and we will make adjustments that we need to make uh, through the balance of the year, and uh, you know, we're not going to get overly worried one way or another, but uh, we'll watch like everyone else, and, and we'll see what happens. Once again, Walt Security can reach him locally in Akron at 234-466-7476 to talk about being part of his investment group, 234-466-7476. And again, for our listeners online in Washington, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh, contact the office there at 412-480-5090. Tell them all you heard him on WNIR, Kent Akron. Walt, good, great talking to you. We will talk to you once more next Sunday. Thanks, Bob. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Apple Inc., symbol AAPL. Amazon.com, symbol AMZN. ExxonMobil Corporation, symbol XOM. Etsy Inc., symbol ETSY. Ford Motor Company, symbol F. Facebook Inc., symbol FB. Ferrari NV, symbol RACE. Alphabet Inc., symbol GOOGL. Marathon Oil Company, symbol MRO. NEO Inc., symbol NIO. And Pinterest Inc., symbol PINS. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all of the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.